This is Checked In with Splash. Hey everyone, Camille here again. In this episode of Checked In with Splash, Kate Hammett and I dive into the second part of our conversation around AI and marketing, specifically event marketing. And we get into all the incredible opportunities on the horizon as it pertains to AI tools and their impact on an organization's ability to really tap into an event-led growth business model, something that will become increasingly more important as events play an outsized role in creating and capturing demand, generating pipeline, and closing more revenue. So let's get checked in with Kate for our part two of this conversation. Kate, thank you again. So... In part one, we talked a lot about just giving advice for anyone who really hasn't gotten started in leveraging AI in their marketing strategy today so that they can start to dip their toes in the AI waters and start to find some efficiencies in terms of reaching and connecting with their buyers and also team efficiencies. And we focused a lot of our conversation around generative AI because there are so many opportunities there. When we look more long-term, I'm curious what you see coming down the pike in terms of maybe some of the predictive AI that will be possible. And maybe said differently, what do you think the future of AI support for event marketers could look like? I'd love to hear your thoughts here if you have any big wish list things in terms of tools or features that you think are going to be just truly game-changing for B2B event marketers and just dive in from there. Yeah. Well, I think we covered generative AI, which you know I think a lot of marketers have already started and harnessed. And we've got a, a ton of generative AI unicorns in marketing companies that have already helped us with our process. And I think that is super exciting. I'm most excited about the predictive AI, because I think it really plays into how we understand the opportunities to grow our organizations, to grow revenue from an events perspective. How do we get more revenue in the room? How do we get more of the right attendees in the room? What might we know intuitively in our hearts as event people? And how does that play out in the data? Mm -hmm. So the predictive AI piece is here can be utilized in small scale. And then I think there's a lot more to come as far as how predictive AI can help us in our roles. Yeah. Tell me more about some of those opportunities that you see for predictive AI helping us in our roles in the future. Yeah. So I think predictive AI is really helping us with our performance. Mm. Let's take our data and use AI tools to analyze where we might not have the outcomes that we expect. Yeah. What sort of trends are, are we seeing? And everybody in an ideal world, you have this super smart data analyst buddied up to you who can share all these and serve all these details. But the reality is, I don't know who has that situation at their disposal, but that's where the real power is. So someone who doesn't have mastery of the Excel pivot table can use AI to understand at a basic level some of the trends that that we see. So we've got a lot that's coming on the splash front related to generative AI and predictive AI as well. And some of those things that get me really excited is being able to help our customers identify areas where they can expand 
the reach of their event, whether it's on demand or Mm -hmm. just a moment in time for the time being, how do you get more from that moment? What are the opportunities that you have to either sharpen your marketing from a generative AI perspective, or what is the data telling us in terms of ways that we can double click on an audience that might be untapped or utilize a marketing channel that might not be delivering what we expect. Maybe there's a way to send a different message or test a different approach Mm -hmm. that isn't kind of pulling in what we thought it would and sourcing the attendees that we believe we need to, to make the event successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's got me very excited as well. I think something that I hear from event marketers a lot is unfortunately, especially a lot of people who are not using Splash yet, is just the challenge around measuring your results and Mm -hmm. proving ROI from your event programs. Now, what I will say is that when I speak to our Splash users and people in the community who have some level of sophistication around Mm -hmm. ROI measurement, what is still, I think a puzzle piece that's missing that I'm excited about predictive AI being able to fill the gap for is, okay, you're tracking the data, you're collecting the data, right? You're measuring things, but what are you doing with that data? What actionable insights are you pulling out to then apply to your strategy and continue to test and see what's working, what's not working? So I think just an extra level of understanding that you talked about. A lot of marketers don't have that like trusty analyst just like at their hip, ready to answer any questions at a moment's notice. Hopefully, if you are an event professional, you have access to some support from marketing ops that can help you. But another theme that I'm hearing here is something, it's a continued theme. I think we've been seeing and hearing B2B marketers not only want to be more self-sufficient, but they need to be more self-sufficient. And so I'm really excited to hear you talk about how you see predictive AI impacting and that self-sufficiency and increasing it, basically. So yes, the analysis of the data that you're collecting, I think, is going to be huge for predictive AI. That's kind of, I think, looking at, like you said, performance, right? So something that you've already done or executed on. Are there opportunities that you see for predictive AI to help the B2B event marketer make decisions versus kind of like analyzing those decisions that have been made? I'm wondering if you have any future vision, hopes, Mm -hmm. or even just some ideas. And no one will quote you on this because we're asking you to basically look into your own crystal ball here and, and tell us what you see is coming. But... Yeah, I think the performance makes sense, absolutely, for that application of predictive AI. And maybe, maybe this is implied, but like, how is predictive AI going to influence our key decision making? And what are we investing in? And things like that. I'm curious if you have thoughts. Yeah, so my crystal ball says it's going to impact in two ways. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be one, an incredible impact on the attendee in terms of predictive AI in their world. And I think the outcome of that is for the attendee or who's ultimately a buyer or some key stakeholder, 
that they are going to feel a tremendous amount of high touch from the use of AI, mm-hmm. predictive AI, allowing them to move through whatever experience you're creating for them in such a way that they feel seen, heard, understood, because you do have a certain level of data about them, mm-hmm. predictive AI, or just understanding that data, and then being able to, through events and through just naturally what we do, progressively profile and learn more about your attendee, who they are, what they care about. We always see in the data, the more events that someone attends, the big surprise, the better you know them, the more tailored the experience could be. And ultimately, they come away with a really great understanding of your brand and your organization and your thought leadership. And you're able to direct them in such a way that they feel like, wow, I had kind of a, a personal escort through this experience. And that automatically raises their satisfaction level, their level of trust, and their willingness to want to work with you on some level. Mm-hmm. So the buyer experience part is super exciting because I think there's such a need for us to have that sort of high touch experience. And we're all tired of giving our data and not getting much in return and time is money. So let's make it matter. So I think that can really come to life with predictive AI helping mm-hmm. on that firm. And then from a marketer perspective, the world opens up when you have essentially data at your fingertips that allows you to understand that you're on the right track, that you're going to get the revenue in the room, that you're going to get the attendance that you predict that you're going to get, that you're going to be able to create a strong performance from the content. You know, there's after you generate the content, there's predictive AI that allows you to predict performance from that content mm-hmm. and see into the future in that way, which is really, really cool. So there's many different ways that I think it'll be deployed with events, but I think there are two lenses there that we look at. One, to your point, and you know, something really important to us, the self-sufficient marketer. Yeah. I feel like all marketers are kind of self-sufficient marketers. You're not good at marketing unless you're self-sufficient, at least right. from my experience, but it goes with the territory. But there's a business need for that. And I think that you need both sides of, of AI to really balance that person, both from the generative perspective and then the predictive component to give them a real powerful suite of tools. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. So is there anything that you, this is a curveball question because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but so you kind of shared what you see when you look into your crystal ball and kind of also what you hope for. We've also talked a lot about not being fearful. Do you think there are any direction you're hoping we don't go in as as all of this evolution comes to pass. Mm-hmm. I know you are not someone who is led by fear in general, but do you see any risks? I think when we talked in part one, when it comes to generative AI, one of the risks I think you articulated was just the risk to your brand voice and tone, depending on how you are using that generative AI tool to help you in your work. I'm curious when it comes to predictive AI, Are there any risks that you see or anticipate at all? If not, great. But I'm just curious if you've thought about this yet and Mm -hmm. anything that you would want to make sure risk-wise other B2B event marketers are on the lookout for as well. Yeah. 
super important question. I'm glad you asked it because I think we talked about a lot of my excitement around the innovation that we have at our fingertips now. There is a reality. I think there's an ethical, legal, security considerations that you need to have in AI usage. And I think a lot of organizations have kind of a company-wide policy. I think understanding that, knowing that, what that means. You know, at the team level, obviously, an engineering team might have different policies than a marketing team. Right. What it means from AI usage, particularly with predictive AI, and if you're using data, you know, you need to understand where that data is going, mm-hmm. making sure that in your line of work, whether it's customer data, whether it's personal information, there are a lot of ways that you can inadvertently not be in compliance and put your organization's information or your customers' information at risk. Mm-hmm. So in part one, we talked about knowing your tool. I would add to this and say, understand what AI does from an ethical, legal, and security perspective before you use it. So you make sure that you are keeping in compliance and also keeping that data secure and safe. As an example, if, if something is, is pushed out into chat GBT, it's out there in the world. Salesforce is coming out with models that have zero retention. So there's more security involved. So mm-hmm. you need to understand what that means for your use case and making sure that you're being really responsible with the material that you have. And that you also understand the copyright implications of it. So as an example, if you were part of an agency and you were using AI to generate content and you did not tell them that you were using AI to generate some of that content and your client assumed it was written by you holistically and that they would be able to to copyright that or that that would be their company work. Well, if it's created by AI, if it's a mid-journey image Mm -hmm. that isn't owned by anyone at the moment. So there's copyright laws as well. So there are risks. And those, I would say, would be from a business perspective risks. I think if you're in political marketing, there are also risks that we are fearful of coming up on an election with generative AI. So that can go a lot of places. I want to make sure we we keep it light because I am very bullish on all of these tools. But with great power comes great responsibility. And I think it's really a moving target around how AI is evolving in these different industries and also from that ethical, legal security perspective. One great resource if you're interested in this, and as we recommended in part one, being a student of AI, I think all marketers should be. We get a lot of value from the Marketing AI Institute's weekly podcast, keeping us up to date and sharing the latest and greatest and making sure it's super digestible. So that's really worth your time. If you're in marketing, I recommend getting in their content loop and learning as you go. But it's something that's really, really important to understand and keep track of if you're using these tools. I love that you just plugged that resource because my last question for you was going to be kind of similar to my last question in part one, which is, it seems like when it comes to the generative AI tools that exist today, there's not really a lot of prep required to just get started. Do you see that being similar with predictive AI and what's to come there? Or is there any groundwork that you think a B2B event marketer would need to do in order to 
leverage or take advantage of predictive AI in their strategy? Yeah, I think predictive AI to me, I mean, I think AI usage in general requires us to to understand the tool and the ethical, legal, and security issues that surround that. So mm-hmm. that's on us as as users and as marketers to make sure that we work that. But as far as predictive AI, I think that the power of the data that you would be using to really put those tools to work, you know, you need to be partnering with an organization that understands the security, the compliance, mm-hmm. has been able to handle that for enterprises before. I always, you know, no matter what stage of company that you're in, if, if it's good enough for enterprise, then, you know, your, your small, yeah. uh, medium-sized business will be in good hands. And so making sure that there's a track record there, making sure that the tools that you're using have been vetted out in that way, especially when you trust them with your data, with customer data, with the predictive factor. But then taking that a step further in learning about AI, we've all heard about the hallucinations. So essentially, if the robot doesn't know, it's going to make it up. So with that lens and, and using these tools, being cautious about whatever output that you're getting, make sure that you're using your human brain to challenge that output. There's still learning to do. You know, that's why we talk about making sure that you're training the model. And so there's always training to do, and we're learning a lot about that training. So just making sure that you are aware of that. So even if you are using a reputable company and you're using their AI tools, just know that hallucinations happen and that you need to be aware of that and not always taking everything on, on blind faith. And understanding that it's an assistant right now. And I don't see for a long time being able to just give AI carte blanche to launch our events, to know our personas. I mean, especially in events, it's really about connecting humans. It always has been. I think that's the power of event-led growth is making sure that you're facilitating those opportunities. So my hope is that finally event marketers have an assistant. Finally, they have that partner in data. Finally, they have some design help. Finally, they have their own copywriter to kick things off. And finally, they have some help on the logistics front. So imagine the creativity that can come from that after having partners, even if they're AI partners, they're going to be strong partners and assistants and allowing for us to evolve our strategy, to spend more time thinking about ways that you can really create an impact and create an experience and create that human connection and not have to worry about the logistics and the menus and all of the content needs and all of the checklist boxes that can get out of the way for a little bit, especially for event marketers who've been at this for a long time and and always find that the strategy and those taking events to the next level is like, well, after you do all the necessary work, then you can spend that time. So it's nice that AI is going to be able to reverse that for us. And we're going to be able to put that strategy first and foremost, because we know that if we have clear strategy and we have a clear understanding of those personas, that's where you spend all of your time and then let AI generate those first drafts of things and then generate things on the back end and then help you create more engagement and connections during the event. So 
there's a lot of magic wand waving that I could do around ways that AI can help events. But I think at my core as an event marketer, I'm like, yes, finally, a little bit of help. So it's really exciting to be here. I could not agree more. And it is nice to, selfishly for me, it's nice to have a leader like you who sees the opportunities, understands the risks, and is supporting our whole team in in charging after these things as well, and, and our community too. So thank you so much, Kate. This has really been illuminating for me. I'm sure it has been really valuable for our listeners as well. Folks, you definitely want to subscribe to this show if you haven't already. We are not done talking about AI and event marketing. I think we will come back to this topic probably again and again. Stay tuned for a webinar we're going to be hosting in September on this topic, diving even deeper with an expert in this field. But Kate, I just want to thank you for taking the time today to unpack your thoughts around generative and predictive AI and all of the upcoming changes and shifts that we are likely going to see some sooner than others, maybe from all of this, the evolution of AI in marketing. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you missed part one, go back and listen to it because I think it'll just round out this discussion for you. And if you have any requests for future topics or areas that you'd like to have us dive in to even more in depth for future episodes, let us know. You can reach out to me just on LinkedIn if you want. You can find me, Camille Whitestern. You can email us at podcast at splashthat.com. There are lots of ways to get in touch. You can also join our community and we can continue this conversation virtually as well. We'll make sure that the link to join is in the show notes. And until next time, take care, folks. <laughs>